Sam. Sam. Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider episodes 36 and 37. The revived mummy monster Egyptus, Iki Kayeta Mira Kaijin Egyptatas. Shakar discovers a mummy Kaijin in a pyramid and revives it to acquire ancient Egyptian jewels worth a fortune. Can Kamen Rider stop his murder spree and save an Egyptologist's son before the Kaijin kills him? Nathan. Mm hmm. Are you my mummy? <laughs> Mummy dearest. <laughs> Are you my mummy? Are you my mummy? Is this our first Doctor Who reference on this show? It can't be. It can't, it can't be. be. It can't be. But when you're 20 plus episodes in, you lose track of all your references. Yes. Uh, also, I would just like to say... Uh, uh, King Sphinx, anyone? Proto King Sphinx? Mm hmm. Uh, what was his, uh, what was the Sentai name? I forget. Was oh, it like pfft. Dora Sphinx? Dora Sphinx? Maybe, probably. <laughs> uh, for those who don't remember. know, it's an early, for those who don't know, it's an early Mighty Morphin Power Rangers villain and a monster of the week on Shoe Ranger. Actually, one of the cooler looking ones, I have to say. He's the Egyptian Goldar. I love King Sphinx. He's one of my favorite monsters. Yes. But I think we have potentially the prototype for it, like I said here. But then again, this is kind of the... Every kid's action show, whether it's live action or animated, has to do a mandatory ancient Egypt episode. Even Ultraman did it. There was a mummy monster in the original Ultraman. <laughs> Look, I am a sucker for a good mummy monster. I love when they bring in mummy, uh, pharaoh, ancient Egyptian type monsters into these types of shows. They're always so much fun. This one, I, mm, he looked cool, but <laughs> I wasn't super thrilled by him. Uh, well, he's, uh, he's no Boris Karloff. Let's say that. <laughs> no, that he is not <laughs> going all the way back to the to the 1930s with the Universal movies. You know, that's the yeah. progenitor of all mummy monsters. <laughs> let's let, okay. Let's talk about. <laughs> uh, apparently, Shocker is having money trouble again. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're acknowledging the fact that they don't have unlimited resources. <laughs> right. So, you know, they tried to steal Nazi gold. They tried to steal 
the gold reserves of Japan. Uh, now they're trying to steal these gemstones that are worth billions of yen. One billion yen. One billion yen. <laughs> One billion yen. There's a hype meme for us. Mm. <laughs> uh, and apparently these gemstones were hidden back in ancient Egyptian times. And so they have to. Uh, four, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. 4, 000, they're 4,000 years old and they were sent to Japan by uh, by Pharaoh Tutmus the third did anyone know that Japan existed <laughs> back then outside of Asia <laughs> did, did Japan even have that much going on 4,000 years ago like I think 4,000 years ago they were still like just hunter-gatherers I don't, I, we could be speaking in ignorance. If we have any Japanese listeners, they're probably going to start emailing us. If you want to send us feedback, we'd love to hear from you. And they'll probably start telling us how wrong we are, but, or I can just Google it for next week's episode and let everybody know. <laughs> a lot of, uh, a lot of Japanese history doesn't go that far back as far as like, you know, the, the, uh, most of what like, we know of Japanese history. So you have the Jamon and the Yayoi people who were basically around in around 250 AD. And that's okay. about, that's the end of the Yayoi period is 250 AD. So those were, they were pretty much like hunter gatherers who kind of lived in their own small groups. They didn't really you know, like interact with each other too much in Japan. So up until 250 AD, most of the people living in Japan were just small communities of hunter gatherers who didn't interact with each other that much. That's, that's the Roman empire was around at that time. So, so yeah, the, Japanese... uh, the tail end of the, the tail end of the Roman empire. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Japanese, history is not actually as old as what you might think. So 4,000 years ago, there really wasn't anything in Japan happening. So why did they send yeah. these, why did this Pharaoh send gemstones to Japan? It's, it's such a weird. Yeah. How it, would they, like I said, I don't even know how they would even know about Japan. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just so it's a big, it's a big leap. That is a really, you know, I've talked about before. I have a friend named Ben Avery who talks about when you're, you have stories like this, that he has, he, they have what he calls gimmies. So it's like, just give me this so you can go along with the rest of it. This is a big gimme. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really yeah. big gimme. This is not like Frankenstein conquers the world where the Nazis send the disembodied heart of Frankenstein's monster for, uh, in a submarine to Japan during World War II. That is believable. Mm -hmm. That is that is very reasonable. This is <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but so so and I still don't understand. So Egyptos is supposed to help Shocker now find those gemstones. Yep. Because he's an Egyptian mummy. Just Egypt. We'll just say Egypt. 
just just, just yeah well, i mean his name is egyptus his name is egyptus he doesn't have some cool sounding you know, pharaoh name or something he's just egyptus it's and, like i don't know it's like naming your character americus or something <laughs> well okay my 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 great grandmother was named America, so um, yeah. Oh, really? Not- <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but no, no, but uh, no. It's totally it, you're right. It yeah. is. It is kind of. I mean, it's like naming your character Captain America. Um, <laughs> I was thinking that as I said it. <laughs> so uh, no, but the big the big plot point in this episode is the fact that once Egyptus is revived. He can understand everyone speaking to him because he understands <laughs> Japanese somehow, but cannot speak Japanese. In fact, he only speaks in ancient Egyptian, which for some reason sounds just what? What is the noises that he makes? <laughs> he's speaking he's speaking ancient egyptian and that's a plot point because they're like we need to find an egyptologist who could tell us what he's saying just ignore the fact that he's doing he's doing and pointing at things and the goons who can talk now by the way the shocker goons can talk Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like eat your ear. I mean like they can actually speak English now. Oh, well, not English. They can actually speak Japanese now. It's you know, regular human speak, you know. And <laughs> I love it. What was but they, it? The- but they act like they know what he wants. They he, they they act like they know exactly what he wants them to do. So I'm just like, uh, you, you so seem we to be guffing. We never see the jewels. It's uh, yeah. It's such a oh man. I think it was last week that you mentioned how you wish that you had the uh, shocker. Uh, what would you call it? The shocker. Shockeries dictionary. Shockeries dictionary. Shockeries. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. So now we need that plus the ancient Egyptian one because we need to understand all the butter, 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 butter. Yeah, which is why they're trying to, which is why they're trying to find this Egyptologist guy, and they're taking his daughter hostage. So like they completely forget about the whole Jules thing. Yeah. And, well, so they, you know, they so that was a they, MacGuffin. That was a MacGuffin for fifteen seconds, and then it turns into catching the Egyptologist so he can tell us what he's saying. But I'm like, but it seems like you're figuring it out well enough, right? You know, and also, you're freaking shocker. How do you not? have the resources already to do things like translate hieroglyphics. Uh, yeah, I know. It, it, uh, I, I want to come this back. Would not, this episode, this episode wouldn't work now because the internet exists. <laughs> I want to come back to this because, because there's a really, uh, there's something I, I want to come back to this because there's something I really want to talk about with, with, with translating what uh, Egyptus says. But the the they kill one of these Egyptologists off screen before the episode even starts, apparently. Yeah, Dr. Nishida. They keep talking about this Dr. Nishida, like, who the heck is Dr. Nishida? And they're like, oh, he killed him. I'm like, he did? This is news. 
when did this why do we have a plot point that happened before the episode or it's like show us <laughs> and it's just like huh you show you don't tell okay and that there was weird symbols drawn by his body and it's like they never show any of this they just tell us that all this happens but then we do get to see another egyptologist who they shocker shows up and they tell him you have to translate the the ancient egyptian for us he says no okay we'll burn you to death it's like that okay this escalated Um, quickly (laughs) it did and then he dies from singeing because it's not like he got like lit on fire or something he just got a little bit singed and he just fell over and died they think the goon the shocker goons are idiots i'm just saying like they look at he's like he's dead egyptus and they just move on and then turns out he's not quite dead yet and because he lives just long enough to find hayato and tell him it was shocker no no he calls his he calls his friend who's also an egyptologist that's who he calls he 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 (laughs) he survives long enough to crawl to a payphone call dial the payphone call his friend tell him they they attacked me and they're coming after you now and then he writes the symbols the 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 same symbols on the side of the phone booth and then dies right as hayato yeah. and then up. hayato finds him yeah and then hayato <laughs> finds him and he's like i think he's dead and i wrote my notes are you sure he's dead hayato <laughs> Yeah, I, the goons seemed pretty sure that he was dead too, and he seemed to accomplish a lot. <laughs> he accomplished a lot for a dead guy. I'm just like, <laughs> so, so Hayato, dead guy. <laughs> they they take they write down the symbols, and they go to to translate them, while also trying to find out who is going to be the next victim, who's going to be the next person. Meanwhile, like you said, Shocker kidnaps the child of the next Egyptologist, the one that 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 scientist had called, and they're threatening to crush this child under a bunch of spikes. This this kid <laughs> sounds impaling and crushing. Yeah. <laughs> the kid sounds so unenthused or or like unbothered. <laughs> by this so father help me i'm going to die they're going to kill me help me father please will you help me like kid your life is in danger not everybody can be go- not everybody can be goro okay I just- emote a little child <laughs> emote child <laughs> gamera kids can outact you i said it I said it. The and Kennys I didn't can outact this kid. <laughs> and I didn't realize it, but that is actually a connection between this episode and the next episode we're going to talk about is um kids in danger. <laughs> oh yes, child endangerment. This was serious. I mean, I'm just like it's not enough to crush him. It's not enough to impale him. Nope, you get both. That's how mm-hmm. you know. Shocker is he and the kid's tied up to it. I mean, that this just speaks to the level of evil that we're dealing with here with shocker. So the, just saying the Egyptologist decides he's not going to 
even though Hayato shows up and they're trying to convince him and, and trying to ask him, like, do you know what's going on? What's happening? You know, all this kind of stuff. He does. Yeah, he's not going to help everyone talks about, Yeah. And everyone talks about Egyptus like he's famous. I'm just like. Part of this is in my uh, awards. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, get too, too deep into it, but Egyptus, he writes down his message in the hieroglyphics and the scientists translates what he's saying so they finally find out the location of the gemstones the location that egyptus writes down is hokkaido <laughs> hokkaido is a big place it's a yeah that's a big island now in a weird way it kind of makes sense because that is probably the most untamed portion of japan even to this day well it's it's also so like it's the furthest makes... north so a lot of it is frozen you know and then for most of the year mm-hmm. and stuff so like but but like that's all that you had to translate was just hokkaido he doesn't give any more details he could have pointed at a map you didn't have to kidnap the scientists <laughs> to translate this he could have just pointed also there's a hieroglyph for hokkaido I, that blew what? my mind of like, you go through all this trouble to translate what he's saying. And all he says is it's in this big, huge location somewhere here. That's not helpful. <laughs> that's like, that's like somebody saying, Hey, you, we're looking for a buried treasure. It's somewhere in the United States. Okay. Uh, we, we find the guy who knows. Okay, tell us where it is. Indiana. It's, it's well, somewhere. Well, that's kind of a big state. It's somewhere <laughs> in Texas. I don't know where, <laughs> yeah. but somewhere in Texas. Like, Texas is a big place. Can you be more specific? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Do you have coordinates? <laughs> is it on a mountain? <laughs> Give me a hint here. <laughs> that was this the uh the uh, that that was the one part of this episode that just was like I don't know what to make of this. This is just this is yeah. blown my you mind. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm looking at, I look at this script and I don't want to be too hard on this. And we, we poke some fun at some of the scripts in, uh, for these episodes, we have fun with them. So I don't want to make it sound like this is just, it's this horrible show or whatever, but I do feel like this script has a lot of good building blocks in it. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is I think they needed at least one more draft to smooth out the edges. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And now I'm, I'm like, I know we're kind of, poking fun at and making fun of this but don't get me wrong listeners heroes of the internet i love this show like i do i love this show so much and it's and a lot of it is the quirky silliness of it and this is a quirky silliness of it but it was just one of those things that just blew my mind when it happened that i was just like i i can't i can't let this go I can't let this go. What Egyptus, like they went through all of that. Trouble. They kidnapped a child to threaten a scientist. The scientists or Egyptologists, whatever you want to call them, hits Hayato over the head 
because he wants he's so determined to go and rescue his son and translate this and the only thing that he has to translate is one word and it's hokkaido <laughs> yeah it is yeah. such a weird thing i i also have a note in here um speaking of the scientist hitting hayato over the head to go and meet up with shock the shocker goons so that he can get his son back uh I, the note I have is, is that a blinking light in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> you're going to have to, you're going to have to explain the context for me uh, of that for me, because I don't quite remember that. Well, so as Hayato is like passing out from being hit in the head, uh, he puts a, uh, a tracker on the, on the Egyptologist so oh. that you can track him and it's a little blinking light and it's right inside his pocket. So oh, I, was okay. like, I was like, is that a blinking oh, okay. light in your pocket or are you happy to see me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually have a note on here that I remember. I remember writing this down thinking this is funny, but I'm trying to remember the contents now. I don't remember. My note says thumbtacks of doom. <laughs> i trying to remember <laughs> what that was from. <laughs> thumbtacks was that did they did they put do they was that the one where they put the uh the spikes down so that when they ran um yes Taki, that's what it was that's what it was yeah yeah that's Taki what it was and I wrote down thumb, yeah and i wrote down thumbtacks of doom <laughs> <laughs> oh man also shockers got ninjas to deliver their messages because they keep throwing these message daggers <laughs> I know, I know the 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 way that Shocker sends messages to the to the writer team is just just throwing daggers through the window. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, some other things that I had written down, just kind of some random, you know, random thing. We ha we continue. This seems to be a universal superpower for all the kaijin, and later on, it's not just the kaijin because I watched ahead. More dramatic disco lighting. That is just a thing now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thing they all have the power of dramatic disco lighting uh here's something well i also have this one point where when they get the egyptologist and he says he says to I'm trying to remember if it was a it was shocker goons or egyptus and he says show me the way and i just wrote this is the way <laughs> because <laughs> <is> like, no. <laughs> will you show me the way <laughs> no, it's a, it's a Mandalorian reference. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, but I, I, I can't hear show me the way without thinking of um, the meme that was Uganda Knuckles. Will you show me the way? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, here's another little cultural tidbit for you. I actually learned this from a writer friend of mine who is half Chinese. Uh, there's a point where they're going into the shocker base and the shocker goons say shocker open and it's in english which i thought was interesting it's kind of like an open sesame sort of a, a moment all right and i think that there's a, that's actually done on purpose because my friend told me that there was actually a time in japanese history where because english was this exotic language that got you know, brought that was from, you know, from outsiders that got brought to the country that it was considered the language of magic. Like if you wanted to do an incantation, you used English at one point because hmm. it was this exotic language. So it makes sense that our shocker goons are kind of doing the same sort of thing. It's like, ooh, ooh, it's English. Oh, we're speaking English. Ooh, you know? Yeah. I <laughs> it mean, would be like we're making sense. a show now where they like say something in Latin or Greek, you know? 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's like, yeah, it, it, it makes sense because, uh, you know, in, in English speaking uh, movies and TV shows, they'll use Latin or Greek or French or things like that to be uh, kind of like the magic words or the, you know, the the mm-hmm. um, whatever ancient dialect or whatever like that. And, and it's really just this this language that that is spoken or was spoken that, you know, they just decided to use because it sounded foreign. It's also the same reason why, you know, if you want to be a foreigner, uh, portray a foreigner in uh, English speaking TV shows here in like America, uh, have a British accent because everyone who's foreign sounds British. And that's just like the shorthand for, Oh, foreign person. (laughs) Yeah. Also, although if you're in the star Wars universe and you have a British accent, you're evil. Yeah, you're the bad guy. Well, no, they <laughs> broke that, though. They broke that with Daisy Ridley. True. But before that, well, for some people, Daisy, uh, for some people, Ray is a villain, but. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> well, and spoiler warning, uh, spoiler warning, she uh, she turns out to be a Palpatine, so. <laughs> true. Very true. Uh <laughs> Back to the back to this uh, common writer episode. One little tidbit that I thought was really interesting is this is the one time so far in the series that the monster is not referred to as a cyborg, but is actually referred no. to as a monster or or well he I don't think he's actually referred to as anything, but he's not referred to as a cyborg, even though they do use the word kaijin in here which Mm -hmm. is the same word that they've been translating as cyborg this entire time Mm -hmm. they don't translate it as cyborg in this episode and i find that very interesting Mm. yeah and i think i try to remember if it's the next episode we're covering or if it's in a future episode where i actually did hear the word kaiju Mm -hmm. which amused me yeah, my last uh, my last little note that I'll bring up because it's at the end of the episode. So I'll, uh, do you have anything else? Because I'm going to bring up something from the end. Uh, of the episode. No, no. Yeah, you can go ahead. OK, yeah, which is uh, Egypt uh, at the end of the episode. Egyptus gets hit so hard with the writer kick. He explodes in a different location. Yeah, I saw <laughs> that, too. <laughs> i'm telling you this the writer kick has got some very strange side effects (laughs) and i'm a little scared of it now (laughs) it's so funny because it's like because they kick he kicks him in a place with like sand and and you know like dirt and stuff and then the explosion is like trees and grass and everything (laughs) yes it's it's crazy it was so great it was so great seeing those two scenes cut so close together you know like cut real quick and it's just it was also kind of funny hearing him scream in ancient egyptian bada, bada, bada! Mother, mother, mother! <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, this episode this episode was this episode was nuts <laughs> just just really really we've said that about some other episodes this one was nuts yeah this one was nuts although uh as of the as of recording today i watched an episode of mirror man which was a an early 70s subaraya henshin show 
and the which uh, Super I has been posting an episode a week on their YouTube channel, keeping it up for two weeks for people to watch it, and it has subtitles. I watched an episode of that today. That was insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane, but for different reasons. One of the myriad of reasons that made the episode insane was that they killed off the entire cast, except for the hero. <laughs> wow. Was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I haven't actually watched Mirror Man. I need to watch it. It's, it's on my list of things to watch. Yeah. Uh, and if if things go as I expect them to, because they're putting these episodes up because Supro is releasing it on DVD in Japan, I am expecting that maybe by next year, Mill Creek will be putting it out on DVD here, mm. which means I might be advocating for it to be on this show because it's interesting. <laughs> like mm. I said, kill off the whole cast at the halfway point. Yeah. <laughs> are you doing uh anyway let's move on to the next one before we go completely tangent <laughs> yeah yeah uh transition or as egyptus would say buddha, buddha, buddha. the poison gas monster tori kabuto's operation g doku gas kaijin tori kabuto no g sakusen a new flower-like kaijin is unleashed by Shocker to fill population centers with gas-spewing plants that will kill thousands. Common Rider fights to protect the child who witnessed the murderous test of the new weapon. Nathan, I think I accidentally watched a Gamera movie instead of Common Rider. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Our, uh, yeah. This Common Kenny just got to you? <laughs> just... This is the second time that we've that that I've we've watched an episode and I've gotten serious gamma vibes from the fact that it's a kid, the fact that the 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 adults, most of the adults don't listen to him or believe him, the fact that they treat him the, the kid so terribly. It just it reminds me so much of Gamera. Well, uh like I said, I've watched ahead. And that's going to be a theme for a few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I already know. Um, can Also, can someone, someone please tell me what this dang thing's name is? We've already been cracking jokes about how post Hongo, it seems like all of these Kaijin have two different names. This thing has three. Just within the subtitles in the show, the subtitles on the on the title card, and the subtitles on the Tubi listing, I found three names for this kaijin. Tori Kabuto, which is what we used when I did the title drop, Trick Kabuto, and Wolfsbane. For the sake of simplicity, I'm calling the thing Wolfsbane. Also, I think it sounds cooler. Also, it's an X-Men character. But then again, so I, that's cool. Yes. I just think the name Wolfsbane sounds really cool. You just, it, you just, you think it, you, it's just one of those things. When I was a kid, I heard Wolfsbane. It's like, ooh, that sounds cool. And I found out it's a flower. I'm like, why is it called Wolfsbane? Why does it have such an, an awesome name and it's a flower? <laughs> because it's one of the deadliest is. flowers uh, and, and poisons that was used back in the old days to poison a lot of people. 
Well, that makes sense then. But you know, but Wolfsbane sounds really cool, so I'm sticking with that. And I have to say, this Kaijin is nutty. I actually really like the design of this Kaijin. Because it's another plant-themed Kaijin. Yeah. But it but it almost looks like an octopus. It does. It's so it's a really surreal design. It is such a surreal design, and I really like it. It's like when you have something that somehow manages to be you know, this kind of weird, surreal sort of design, but also really cool looking at the same. It's not like what was the name of the 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 you know the crazy explosion at a rainbow factory. Uh, you know, we called it corpse flower. Or, you know. Oh yeah, the Dahlia <laughs> one. Yeah, the Dahlia one. That one just looked wacky. This thing looks seriously scary, and and but and weird all at the same time. And I like it. Yeah, yeah, it does. But like you said, it, it is very surreal. It is. It's like if Salvador Dali designed a kaijin for a Tokusatsu mm-hmm. show. It is such a well, and looking that's, thing. It's, yeah, and that's interesting that you bring that up because I know at least in the '60s, I don't know how long they kept working, but I know that that two of the most prominent kaiju designers, and I don't remember their names unfortunately, but in the '60s, who were working for people like Supro and Toho, one guy who did a lot of work for Toho was very good at designing kaiju that were very close to actual animals or dinosaurs and things like that. They were more grounded in nature. That's where you got your, you know, like your Baroga- your Baragons and things like that. And then there was a guy who designed kaiju for Supro in the original Ultraman who was really into surreal art, which is why ultra kaiju are just nuts, which I think inspired a trend and a tradition in tokusatsu shows just have wild looking monsters yeah it's also like why you get dada uh which was based on a an actual art style and art movement and stuff and and superaya so yeah yeah that it is interesting when you bring kind of the the artsy world into monster design and i think this one it does it does feel kind of very surrealist in its style you know Actually, comparing this kaiju to Dada wouldn't be too far off. No, no, it actually, it actually does, you know, fit kind of in the eye, uh, at least in 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 the way it looks with uh, with Dada. Um, but yeah, one thing I really love about the beginning of this episode is the the couple that that pick they pick this random plant they bring it into the car the the plant spews this poisonous gas the couple die a passerby finds these two dead people in the car from a poisonous plant it's like oh those people died let me touch this plant that they were holding <laughs> like yeah well what's kind of terrifying is those people were just picked at random that's horrifying yeah. These people were just picked at random to test this gas. So again, in case you didn't know Shocker is evil. <laughs> hmm. And Operation G is the G does the G stand for gas? I'm assuming Maybe. it stands for gas. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. So we have the these gas spewing plants. So their plan is Shocker's plan is to plant them in different places and get them to spew stuff out and murder thousands of people i as far as 
uh, as far as shocker plans go, not the worst plan, you know, just using these seemingly harmless plants to sneak into, uh, you know, crowded areas, big populations, and then just releasing a poisonous gas. Not, not a bad plan. Um, what is a bad plan is kidnapping a child. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we said it in the last, in the, in the episode we just, we just covered earlier, but again, kidnapping children seems to be a trend with this shocker. They're, they're going in this new child endangerment direction since, since, uh, I guess Hongo left. Yeah. Well, the thing that I wrote down is shocker is undone by a child's drawing hashtag irony. Cause that's what happens. The child witnesses, it witnesses them murdering people with this gas. I don't know how he didn't get traumatized, but he witnesses this and he starts drawing pictures of Wolfsbane and putting them up around his neighborhood. To tell people, it's like, this monster is killing people. This monster is killing people. Nobody believes him. And then Shocker finds out and they're like, kidnap the child. <laughs> yeah. Kidnap the child. Don't, But they, don't alert his mother to the fact that we're trying to kidnap him. Why not just kill them both? Like, you killed a <laughs> couple of random people just testing out your, and you're wanting to kill thousands, possibly millions more. Why why are you so determined to not harm this the child's mother in the process of trying to kidnap this kid? I don't know. Maybe Colonel Zolt thought she was hot. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm guessing she's a single mom. We don't see dad, so <laughs> anyway. One of the things I love that I think it was Hayato. One of the things that Hayato says, uh, I think it, I think it was Hayato. That, that convinces him that this kid actually saw a shocker kaijin and not just making stuff up is he says, after looking at the picture, I don't think a child's mind could create such a monster. Like, really? Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I think I'm going to. Uh, I think I'm going to call giant monster BS on that. I was just. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh hi Yato. but i am i am glad because he seems to be the only adult of the of this entire episode that actually does believe both the kid who saw the kaijin and goro who is also trying to convince them that the kid actually saw a kaijin yeah but goro is also super excited about going to a quote unquote monster autograph session. And that doesn't raise any red flags for anybody. Okay. To be fair, just a couple of episodes ago, they had the monster parade that they convinced all the kids to follow after to go to like a monster yes. like festival. Yes. And we'll talk a little bit more about this autograph session in the awards. I'll say that. Yeah. Now we're talking about this deadly gas. I mean, they go out of their way. Okay. We got creepy dissolving scenes and everything. Cause that is a thing in the show. Creepy dissolving scenes. 
we're hyping this deadly gas a heck of a lot. So naturally, you're going to have the writer girls pick up a couple of these flowers thinking, oh my gosh, they're so pretty. And they're not, they have no idea what the things actually are. Okay. That's a great setup for some suspense. All right. I'm with you. But unless Team Common Rider is magically more resilient than most people, or there's a watered-down version of that gas in those flowers, I don't know how in blazes they magically survive just because Hayato, but just because Hayato and Taki open windows. <laughs> it is it is a thing that has been happening in the show a lot and we haven't really talked about too much where the villain has this really deadly attack or thing that it does but yet when he uses it against one of the writer characters or, or team writer suddenly it doesn't work as well and, and i think we did touch on it a little bit during the toe diller uh, episode because Toe Diller's poison gas that he shot out uh, drove people insane and killed them but yet when he used it at the end it only erased the memories of the main character or the main side yeah. character from that episode so it's like that happens a lot mm -hmm. in this show and of course it's because it's a kids show and you can't actually you know do serious harm to the uh, main characters but it does feel a little lazy when you purposely put them in dangerous situations where everybody else dies but yet they magically don't die and there's no explanation of how it's just yeah 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 so that that's probably my biggest black mark on this episode is like really guys way to undermine the threat a little bit there without explanation but uh okay because i'm willing to go along with say hayato being more resistant to the gas because he's a cyborg right i can go with that taki i still think taki is secretly superhuman i don't care what anyone and says taki is a and superhuman the fact that in the manga he became a writer he must be superhuman but yes <laughs> but you know the writer girls and Tachibana and was Goro in there? I don't remember. I know the writer girls and Tachibana were in there, but no, Goro was gone because he was no, this the is the autograph yeah. session. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's straining credibility there. So this is another example in the, in these last two episodes that we've covered this one and the one we just talked about earlier where they actually don't refer to the monster as a cyborg. They kept calling him a monster. I was just about to subtitles. bring this up, actually. Yeah, mm -hmm. but they still use the same word they've always used for all of the shocker kaiju or kaijin, which is kaijin, but, but the subtitles are translating it differently. And I like that they're actually being more true to what the actual kaijin the spirit of the word kaijin means because cyborg is not what that word means it can be translated you know kind of in a couple of different ways but cyborg is not one of them <laughs> you know what is ridiculous though the common writer model on a string <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, it, it only appeared for a brief, that brief a second in this episode. It has definitely been on screen a lot longer in other episodes. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But it did lead into a couple of notes that I have here for the uh, the climactic fight scene. And my gosh. <laughs> That was a pretty good one. I have to thought I wrote down here. I wrote down gymnastics like Gamera. <laughs> yeah, that is a real building. And they're doing a choreographed fight scene on the edge of an actual building. Now, I'm sure they got like a safety harness or something down there just in case. But man, that must that oh, man. Those are some brave. Yeah, going up there and doing that. Yeah, and, and one of the things I love about this final climactic fight scene, too, is in in a lot of... I mean, it, we have had it in the past, but for most of this series, the fight scenes take place in a quarry or in a wooded area or in some kind of, like, you know, the outskirts of, of civilization, whereas you don't get a lot of, like, the urban environment with... Common uh, Rider final fight scenes, and so getting him like them on top of a building, you know, actually fighting the Kaijin there, and and not even just fighting, but like when he defeats the monster, it falls off the side of the building, and they show it falling off the side of the building and hitting the <laughs> ground. It's like it's a it's oh a, like I thought the whole fight scene was really great. Oh my gosh, that scene. I, I wasn't 100% prepared for that, actually, when that happened. And my gosh, KR2 must have just had it in for this kaijin. My gosh, because he gives him a rider kick, which you would normally think, oh, that's the finishing move he's done. Nope. He rider kicks him, and then for good measure, he rider punches him too. <laughs> And he goes flying off the building and turns into a dummy and, and you see the impact. And I'm just like, wow, dang it. Show <laughs> dang it, common writer. Wow. He wanted him dead. Good. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. Right. <laughs> it's like double, you know, it's like zombie land. He double tapped. <laughs> Wolf's pain. He's like, right our kick. Oh, yeah, not quite dead. Right the punch. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it's great. It, 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 like, just yeah. But we we don't get a rider punch very often. No, we don't. But it, I'm just thinking it's like that Simpsons clip with the kids like, oh, stop it, stop it. He's dead already. <laughs> <laughs> he's already dead <laughs> he's already dead <laughs> so I have a note here it, it's a it's a quick it's a quick blink and you miss it scene but when Wolfsbane is sneaking up to the home of this kid to kidnap this kid there's a dog that barks at him and kind of alerts the kid that the, the monster is there, you know, or kind of signals that, you know, uh, and all I could think was, uh Oh, there's a dog. Shockers come across a dog. We know what that means. Oh no. Oh no. Flashbacks to dummy. 
<laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, and Poochie. But Poochie died off and camera. Poochie. Poochie and Dummy. Oh. <laughs> Justice for Dummy. Justice for Poochie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh callbacks to our oh, earlier episodes it's it was just oh yeah back when shocker was it was uh seeking the blood of virgins and puppies <laughs> yeah instead of kidnapping children every episode just just yeah i am a sucker and i think you'll appreciate it too travis because we've talked about this before you know uh like the the episode where Common Rider visits the kid in the hospital. I'm a sucker. Uh, the ep- this episode ends with Common Rider saluting the kids and then driving off on his motorcycle. I'm a sucker for yeah. that stuff. Yeah, such <laughs> a gr- such a great great moment. But I just okay. It's just me. I know I'm the only person that thinks about this. But so there, he salutes the kids. He leaps from the top of this building all the way down and lands right on his, uh, on on the motorcycle on the cyclone. And all I can think is, Ooh, that's gotta be rough on the balls. Well, you see Travis, he has this thing called a common cup. Takes care of that. (laughs) It's the mask. Obviously (laughs) there's going to be a lot of, you know, of leaping mounts. Yeah. 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 (laughs) There's going to be a lot of leaping mounts on the motorcycle. So he came prepared (laughs) because that's what the, uh, that's what our listeners wanted us to hear about. (laughs) Common balls. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And on that note, I think we can move on to our awards for this week. (laughs) We're coming off the rails. (laughs) So first up is the henshin kick for the best stunner fight scene. And we I see we have the same one. <laughs> yep. Which we've talked yep. about a little bit from the second episode we covered, the fight on the building, because man, that those are stunt performers putting themselves on the line to do this. Because that this is not green screen. This is that's those are real buildings, real people. Everything's real. And Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they had to be very careful that they didn't just knock each other off the building. And yeah, I don't know if they had safety harnesses down there. I'm assuming they did, but hmm. yeah, I I think you know they had like a a a net or you know the inflatable. Um, I forget what those are called, but where the the inflatable um thing that the like stunt actors fall on and stuff. They might have had something mm-hmm. like that, but yeah, to be on the edge of the building uh that high up no safety harnesses strapping them in up there no lines holding them in place and uh no safety rails there like if one one false step and they would have fallen off the edge and they uh they were doing kicks and and spins and flips and stuff right there on the edge so yeah it was it was definitely a uh, putting themselves on the line, doing real stunt work that was really intense. And like I said, I really like it because you don't, we're not, we don't get a lot of the urban environment in uh, these, these common Rider episodes, but when they do it, it's always fun to see. I like, 
I like seeing uh, Common Rider fight the bad guys in in the urban environment, not just, you know, out in the woods or at a quarry or anything like that. Yeah. And then our next award, Talking Toku for the best special effect. I had the Wolfsbane costume. It's, I think it, it it's one of my favorite Kaijin designs so far. And we sung its praises earlier. But yeah, it's a great suit. Yeah. Yeah. And if you actually look up the actual Wolfsbane uh, plant, the the flower it doesn't it doesn't really have a similar appearance to the flower but the the leaves that are growing off of the kaijin suit like the leaves that it uses uh in its design do match the leaves from the wolfsbane plant so while the flower is the most identifiable thing from the from the plant they did include some of the plant motif in this actual kaijin uh design and so i thought that was kind of cool yeah so my talk in toku is i i'm i'm gonna be very predictable and i think anybody who listens to us week to week probably knows if, if you've watched these episodes knows what i'm gonna pick uh so i'm not gonna go into a lot of detail but the dissolving effect i mean yeah it's just they're constantly making it better and better each time that there's a character, but they do it a lot. And it's like, it's just a trope of this series is there's going to be a, a monster that dissolves some person, some random person. And, uh, and yeah, Wolfsbane shoots an acid that dissolves people. And he only does it once. He only dissolves one person. And that person, uh, who was dissolved was very scary. It, it looked very, very scary. <laughs> it did. It did for sure. All right. And now on to coming at you for the best line. Here's mine. Yeah. Yeah. I just put down Egyptus gibberish. That's I made a meme for this episode that is literally just a picture of Egyptus and it says Egyptus gibberish intensifies. <laughs> uh, perfect. Perfection. <laughs> uh, that That's hard to top. What'd you have? Yeah, it is hard to top. So it, mine's probably not going to be as good, but yeah, my, my line of dialogue is them translating the hieroglyphics that the that the the Egyptologists left behind uh, when they died. So the little scribbles that they wrote down uh, next to their bodies before they died. Uh, the translation that they give it says apparently it means fire breathing monster Egyptus in ancient Egyptian. Like that's very oddly specific <laughs> to be written in hieroglyphics, but okay. <laughs> well, uh, you know, breathe fire like an Egyptian, you know, <laughs> they have. So in just like three symbols, they have a, it, it, it describes, it says it's a fire breathing monster, Egyptus, but yet they had to go and get a, an Egyptologist to translate a whole bunch of symbols that just means Hokkaido. I, just, I, I you know what? I just go. don't understand Egyptian. I don't understand how Egyptian works. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Apparently not. Hieroglyphics. Nope. Nope. Tis Greek to me. Uh, 
<laughs> anyway, now for WTH, what the henshin? <laughs> Which uh, you told me that the you told me that the uh, Egyptish gibberish almost made it, but then we had that second episode. I just what? yeah. What? So we get to okay. the auto, we get to the autograph session, the kaiju autograph session, and then we learned predictably it's a trap. So what did they do? Apparently, Shocker just resurrected several recent kaijin rather unceremoniously, sent them there to grab these kids and beat them. <laughs> <laughs> to do this, and then they all get, and then they get unceremoniously killed, not by common Rider. So it's not like episode thirteen, where all ten of the previous kaijin get resurrected for this big epic fight. And it's not like it's it's not even as good as the you know the random resurrections for Geba Condor that we had few episodes ago okay where it's just like bam oh you don't have to fight the children of the shockhorn we've conveniently resurrected this thing because we still had the suit lying around no they get re- they get unceremoniously killed by the wolf's bane gas and that's it yeah yeah they, so they, so we they had got shut into the room and the gas got pumped in and that's it and i'm just like so those kaijin can die by this gas but not the writer my brain hurts ah so so we get we get center it's it's centipedus uh we get uh, armadillo uh, is it or centiparis sorry uh and then armadillong i think was the other was one of them uh yeah. and we get mole uh the mole man mole monster molong yeah molong uh, was that the uh, was was that the only three or was there another one? I'm I I I don't remember. I just only... I was just so shocked by all of them showing up unceremoniously and they being unceremoniously killed off again. <laughs> just like what? I've, I was waiting for it to be revealed that these were just shocker goons in costumes pretending to be the kaijin as part of the deception, but we didn't get that. So I think we are led to believe it is the kaijin. One thing I do appreciate about these monsters being resurrected in this episode is uh, they don't make the typical shocker noise, the <laughs> noise or any of those noises that yeah. they would normally make. Yeah. These monsters are actually groaning almost like zombies. They're doing they're doing yep. a very kind of like <laughs> sound and. I think it's meant to be. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you're meant to understand this as they are resurrected, but not like fully. They're more like zombies. So they're not fully themselves or or like, you know, completely revived the way that like some other ones have been, I think is how you're Mm -hmm. meant to understand the, this scene. But the part of it that is such a, what the henchin for me is what you said. They take these children and beat the ever-loving snot out of these kids. Child abuse on full display. Ridiculous. They are savage. (laughs) They are absolutely savage to these kids. It is crazy. I shouldn't shouldn't be... 
I shouldn't be laughing. I really should. I feel terrible that I am laughing about this right now, but I can't help it. It's so weird. It was hilarious. Out of left field. Yeah, it's so out of left field. Even for this show, it is so out of left field. It's just one of those things where it's just like so many just shocking things all at once that it doesn't fully register. (laughs) For a show that has spent almost two whole episodes kidnapping and holding kids hostage that we've watched this week, and then at the end of this episode to just beat the kids, just beat the snot out of them. They don't kidnap them. They don't hold them hostage. They don't tie them up. They just go in punching and kicking, and it is the most ridiculous moment. It was the only thing that could top Egyptus gibberish as my what the hension because it's just like what what why (laughs) yes indeed indeed and on that i was gonna say happy moment but just weird moment let's move into minute to henshin it (laughs) this is the part of the show where we give our final thoughts on the episodes in one minute or less, do you want to go first, Travis, or shall I? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. On your mark, get set, go. So, yeah, like I said at the start of this episode, I I love me a good mummy monster. A mummy monster is kind of like a soft spot for me. Um, these episodes leaned more into the sillier side of things, and they rehashed a lot of the things that we've seen before. Like we said, kidnapping children we've seen before, a lot of the same themes, a lot of the same things that they've done we've seen before, uh, uh, having a child witness something that Shocker was doing is something we've seen before. But the monsters are always fun. They're really creative. They're really interesting. And the stunt work, especially in the second episode was just excellent. So yeah, you're still going to have a good time, even if they're rehashing a lot of the same things. 40 seconds. Hot dang, man. All right. And it is now my turn. So Henshin. All right. So I'm going to echo a lot of the the same things that you said, Travis, the, this, these were definitely some of the sil- some sillier episodes. I don't think they're the silliest ones that we've seen, for sure. And I've, the thing that helps these is we had some very good kaijin with some interesting evil plots going on. Like I said, Wolfsbane is a fantastic monster. The stunt work continues, despite this show's budgetary limitations, continues to be impressive. And just the sheer creativity and just gusto that the filmmakers working on this show have despite their limitations is truly to be admired. Nah, I got 47, not quite as good as you, but I did. (laughs) Well, with that, we want to say thank you for listening to the Henshin Men, a tokusatsu appreciation podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. And you can listen to more of me on the Kaiju Weekly podcast and listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault and soon the Power Trip, which is coming in January. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, Well, I think you already dropped a trailer for it on our feed. Yes, I did drop a trailer for it. Mm -hmm. But we'll uh, let me just say there are some plans 
related to the power trip and this podcast that you'll be hearing about soon. Yeah. And if you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five star rating on iTunes. And if you leave a review on iTunes, we will read it out on the podcast like we're going to do right now. So here's our uh, here's one of our newest reviews from Razor105, who's actually a friend of mine, uh, my friend Alex McCumbers. He says, I've always enjoyed this host's approach to geek culture. We've worked together on projects over the years, and his knowledge and research skills are hard to beat. Definitely give this show a try. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that. He's talking more about me, but that's because, you know, like I said, we've worked together. So uh, I do appreciate him doing that uh, for us because we do work pretty hard, you know, bringing you some cultural insights on this show as well, as well, uh, not just riffing on the shows, obviously. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we also have another review from GS Panda who wrote fantastic podcast. These two guys do a great job of making the conversation something both fan new fans of tokusatsu and seasoned fans can take part in and grow from. I appreciate these guys a ton and we appreciate you for mm -hmm. leaving that review for us. And anybody can do it right on iTunes, right in the app. Just leave us a five-star rating and a review, and we can read your review out in a future episode. And with that, I think we'll uh, close out this episode and say, uh, until next time, what are we going to say, Nathan? I pity the day Common Rider finds himself in a no-henshin scenario.